Bible says that he is the Messiah, the one who will bring light to all of us who wander in darkness. Now, sometimes we need like a, a lighthouse where we just kind of know what direction to go, right? Other times we need a light that shows us the very next step that we take. So the Bible says that his word is a light unto our feet. It's like a, a lamp that's on our feet that help us day by day. So we talked about light and Jesus is the light that helps us. And then a couple weeks ago, we talked about the word increase. Jesus came that we might have increase in our life. Now, that doesn't mean dollars. That doesn't mean riches. And we looked into Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah tells us that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes to fill our life with abundance. Amen? John 10 says, I have come that you might have life and more abundantly. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to enjoy the abundant life. Now, we're not talking necessarily about financial blessings. We're talking about abundant joy. Even in tribulation, we can have joy. We're talking about abundant opportunities, particularly in this day and age in such a polarized society. As we enter 2023, there's darkness all around us. We have abundant opportunities to smile and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, the third word, which is appropriate for Christmas Sunday, is the word salvation. How do you describe Christmas? Light, increase, and salvation. And I want us to revisit Isaiah's prophecy. If you have your Bible, it's Isaiah 9. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen. I want to read the verses today from the New International Version. We've used different versions. Isaiah 9, beginning with verse number 1. Nevertheless, there'll be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness. Friends, that's us. <laughs> Sometimes we're walking in darkness. But it says we've seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation. There's the word increase. You've increased you have enlarged the nation. You've increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest. That's why you've taken time to come today. It's to rejoice that Jesus is our light. Verse number four says, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have burdens. But it says here that Jesus has come to take my burden, to be my burden bearer. Verse 5 says, every warrior's boot used in battle, every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. What's the name of that child? Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. To us, a son is given, God's only begotten son. And the government will be on his shoulders. We'll talk about that in a moment, what that means. 
And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his command or of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus came to bring us salvation. Man, when the angel spoke to Joseph about taking Mary as his wife, even though she was with child, this is what he said in Matthew chapter 1. The angel said, she will give birth to a son And Joseph, you're to give him the name Jesus. And there was a reason that he was to be named Jesus. And that verse says, it's because he will save his people from their sins. There's no better way to describe Christmas than salvation, because that's why Jesus came. The name Jesus, or or Yahshua in Hebrew, means literally, the Lord saves That's what it means. That's why Jesus came into this world. Luke chapter 19 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. If you're feeling lost this morning, Jesus is here to seek and to save you. Sometimes I know we equate the word saved and salvation, you know, with getting a ticket to heaven. Oh, just pray this prayer so that you'll end up in heaven someday. It's like a fire escape or something. You know what? We tend to think salvation has to do with the pearly gates. But I want you to know today, friends, salvation has to do with so much more than that. Jesus is here for you and for me today. I understand Jesus has come that we might have eternal life. I'm not disputing that. But what we miss, friends, so often is that God's promises for the sweet by and by is also valid for the nasty now and now. Man, if if you're going through a tough time, salvation's for you today. You don't have to wait till you die to be saved. You're saved now. In his very first public sermon, first time Jesus (laughs) preached, And he stood up and and he he took the scroll and he read these words out of Luke chapter 4. And they were prophetic because they were written about him. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me. Why? To proclaim good news first to the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the salvation of prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Why did Jesus come? He came to give us good news. He came to give us freedom. He came that we might recover our sight, that we might be free from oppression. That's why Jesus came. Salvation. Good news for the poor, freedom for the prisoners, sight for the blind, liberty for those who are oppressed. He wasn't talking about heaven. He wasn't talking about the sweet by and by. 
He was talking about the here and now, December 25th, 2022. Every day that we live in 2023, Jesus is here to save us. That's why he has come. He's come to break the chains of whatever it is that binds you. Fear, tradition, addiction, sin, shame, guilt, regret, whatever has imprisoned you from your past. Jesus came to set you free. That's the good news of Christmas. Salvation, he came to save you, not just for eternity, but for the everyday nitty-gritty reality of life that we live and experience daily. Three quick observations on this Christmas morning. The first is life has a way of getting the best of us. Amen. I, I mean, come on, be honest. Life has a way of getting the best of us. That's true even for the best of us. You know what I'm saying? Life has a way of getting the best of us. Isaiah talks about that in this passage. He says there's people walking around in darkness, living in deep despair. It happens to every one of us. There'll be seasons in our life that it seems that life has just gotten the upper hand. And we just can't figure it out. And you think, what, what else can happen to me? You're just struggling to get by. That's why the good news in verse number 4 of Isaiah chapter 9 says that heavy burden that we carry upon our shoulders, the weight of the world that sometimes we feel, the weight of our family, the weight of our obligations. And some of you might even feel that weight today. There might be people watching online that just feel like they are just so weighted down. Friends, Jesus has come to help you, to help you bear that burden, to lift that weight from you. You don't have to wait until heaven. Realize that life does get messy. We live in a sinful world, and as long as we're on this earth, there's going to be stuff that goes wrong. It's going to get dark. It's going to get heavy. There's going to be diseases. There's going to be disappointments. That's why Jesus warned us. <laughs> he never promised us a trouble-free life. That's not the message of Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 16, in this world you're going to have tribulation. So he was just saying, I want to be honest with you. I want to be truthful with you. The apostle Paul in 1 Peter writes, I mean, I'm sorry, the, uh, Peter in 1 Peter writes similarly, do not be surprised at the painful trial that you're suffering as though something strange is happening. It's not strange. The burdens of life are not unique to any of us. We're not exempt from them. They're common to us. For this, we have Jesus. He's our salvation. Which brings me to my second point today is that Jesus has come to help us carry those burdens of life. The best gift you can give yourself today is by just yielding yourself into the hands of a loving God to place your faith in the Lord Jesus. Your problems aren't going to all disappear, but God's going to give you strength. He's going to give you joy. He is going to help you carry those burdens. He is your salvation. 
In verse 4, Isaiah talks about the yoke of slavery and this really heavy burden. He was talking about what the Messiah would do about them. Look at verse 4 again. As in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. Now, when Isaiah first spoke those words, they were interpreted in a political context. And there's a lot of reasons why, and some people misinterpret this now in a political context. But the good news is that these, news have, these words have such a deeper meaning. He's not just saying that, that this is what God wants to do in society. He's saying this is what God wants to do in our individual life. Not just in the life of a church, but in your life. Because friends, what good would it really do if our nation was at peace, but you were still at war with yourself? See what I'm saying? What good would it do if the nation prospered, but your life was still filled with constant turmoil? Wouldn't make much difference to you. What good does it do to live in a land that calls itself free if you personally are bound as a prisoner to the past, a slave to sin, buckling under the oppression of depression? Now, yeah, we want to live in a strong country. We want to live in a society that's prosperous and free. But even more than that, I'm here to tell you, the salvation that Jesus offers is a personal one-on-one life-changing salvation experience that Jesus promised for all of us who would call upon his name. And there should have been a lot of hallelujahs and amens there. That was a, really, I mean, this is good news to us. John 16, I quoted the first half where Jesus said, now beware because in this life you're going to have troubles and tribulations and sorrows and disappointments What I didn't read was the second half of that verse, which says this, Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So as we're going through hard times of life, we can have that increase of joy. We can be of good cheer because God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Man, Jesus came to die on the cross. And I understand that that guarantees as we accept his gift of salvation, that we will live for him forever in heaven. But friends, listen, he also came so that in this life, in these bodies, in this state, you can experience liberty and freedom and overcoming power and increasing joy in the here and now. Salvation is not just a ticket to heaven. It's about life and fullness right now, as Jesus promised. Man, that's good news. Verse number six, we read it earlier. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Now, I want to stop for a moment because that is so misinterpreted in this day and age. Which government is he talking about? The government of Israel? No. The government of Judah? No. The government of the United States of America? No. 
He is talking specifically about the government of God's kingdom. Of God's kingdom. The kingdom of Jesus Christ. And that brings me to my third point. Jesus wants to establish his kingdom today in our hearts. Because God's kingdom is not a geographical portion of land. It's not a particular ruling political party. Isaiah said in verse 7, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it, upholding it with justice, righteousness from this time on forever. And he said in that same verse, of the greatness of his government and peace, there'll be no end. So what does the government of the kingdom of God look like? Look at the verses we just read. Justice, righteousness, and peace. That's what he wants you and I to look like. As we enter the year 2023, if we want his government established in our heart and in our life, we have to be people of justice, people of righteousness, and people of peace. That's what he wants his church to look like. And whatever direction our life may take, whatever, you know, career path or whatever happens to you in 2023, whatever city or state you may choose or, or, or life takes you to, he wants your life, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, to represent his kingdom. Justice, righteousness, and peace. Simply put, and another way we can express it, is he wants us to be fair. He wants us to do what's right. And he wants us to get along. Micah said it in a beautiful way. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God exactly what Isaiah said here. Many people try to make the Christian life about what you know or which position you take on a certain issue or what position you hold about a certain theological doctrine. I don't find that in the Bible. The Bible makes it clear what the Christian's life is really all about. When you accept Christ as your Savior, when he is your salvation, your life will display fairness. You'll do what's right. You'll get along. That's what the Bible says is the kingdom of God. He has come to establish his kingdom on this earth and his kingdom is established through our life. That's what it means to walk humbly with him. The son of man did not come to reign over some kind of political kingdom. He came to reign in the hearts of you and me. And what happens when we allow Jesus to really reign in our hearts? <laughs> we seek justice. 
we seek mercy from God so that we can show mercy to others. We speak to those or for those who maybe have no voice. So the Bible emphasizes the importance of standing with the widows, standing with the orphans, standing with those who are imprisoned, standing with those who are most vulnerable in our society. We stand with them. And when the Son of God begins to reign in our heart and we build our life on that foundation of righteousness, when we begin to do the right thing, and sometimes the right thing is not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> but you know what happens when we do those things? The kingdom of God is established. When the sun begins to reign in our hearts and lives, we will work for peace. We don't go around looking for fights. Man, there's too many people right now that just have this fight in them. No matter what, they just want to fight. They just want to argue. That's not a fruit of the Spirit. That's not the kingdom of God. We don't go around looking for ways to stir things up. We seek to bring people together to be called what the Bible says, the repair of the breach. Friends, the kind of government I'm talking about will never exist in the political realm <laughs> until Jesus comes back and rules and reigns during the millennial period. But I want you to know the kind of government that Jesus brings to us through salvation can exist in our life, in my life, in your life. May the Lord help us to practice justice and righteousness and peace because that's the everlasting kingdom that Jesus wants to establish. And when he, Jesus, is allowed to reign in our hearts, then truly we will experience salvation. Not just as a ticket to heaven, but salvation for today, everyday salvation, so that our lives will reflect the reality of the kingdom of God. Friends, you don't have to bear the weight of the world on your shoulder anymore because Jesus has been born and Jesus has come that you might have salvation. You don't need to wear the yoke of slavery one more day. Jesus came to take this burden off of you and place it on his shoulders. And all we need to do is respond today in our own way. If you've never opened up your heart to a relationship with Jesus, I'd encourage you to do that. Just say, Lord, I want to surrender to you. I want to put my life under new management, <laughs> your management. Will you come and establish your kingdom in me? And as we do that, we enter this wonderful, mysterious journey called salvation. And we can say goodbye to darkness and gloom, the prison of the past, the tyranny of the, few, of the failure and oppression of shame. And we can let the sun begin to reign in our lives today. I know Isaiah spoke these words to God's people. Thousands of years ago, after they had allowed themselves to be subjects of the enemy. But Isaiah gave him that promise, it won't be that way forever. And it doesn't have to be that way forever for us. I'd say there's probably some of God's people even here today who maybe have allowed themselves to become subjects of the enemy. 
You no longer live victorious. Today is a day that you can reclaim all the benefits of salvation. Let the Son, Jesus, begin to reign in your heart and your life. And not only carry for you the burdens of the world, he'll use you to establish his government and his kingdom, a kingdom of justice and righteousness and truth. And it's not because of us. What does Isaiah say? It's the zeal of the Lord Almighty in us who will accomplish it. So thanks for being here on this Christmas morning. You're faithful saints of the Lord. We've gathered, as the song says, joyful and triumphant to greet the one who's been born on Christmas morning. And that's Jesus, God in flesh appearing to give us this wonderful gift of salvation. Not just after we leave this earth and enter in eternity, but to give us everyday salvation, to help us in the here and now. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, we give you all praise and honor and glory for the love that you have for us. And we thank you for the gift of salvation. And today we take just a moment and each of us in our own way invite you into our heart, into our life. Lord, we don't want to just be saved from the hellfires of eternity. We want to be saved from the tension and the pressure and the burdens of today. We pray that your light will come and shine into our darkness and show us the way. Father, we thank you that as we yield to you, that you will make a way where there seems to be no way. That, Father, when we pray to you and we have no answers, that we can trust in you, knowing that you make all things work together for our good and you mold us into the image of Christ. So on this Christmas morning, we come, we adore you, and we receive today that wonderful gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.